Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Now I think that we will be fake until we come to the point when we realize God made me and I am beautiful and I'm going to be comfortable in the skin that he gave me. Until then, you're always trying to measure up and be like somebody else. I've been there, done that. Are you hearing? I pray it doesn't take you a lifetime to discover that you are beautiful. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome, everybody, uh, today in our services. Welcome our online community that are gathering from all around the world. We celebrate you today, and you're not looking or or rather watching or listening by accident or coincidence, but God has a rich word in store for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, today, as you see, our uh, stage area has changed just a bit. The Lord dealt with me to... um, to put all of those other things away right now during this series. And I don't know, I just felt him say, do that. And we just follow, I'm just following. I've never been this way before, so I'm trying to do my best, do my best just to listen and do, listen and do. And I believe that is the job of every born again believer. Just hear and do, hear and do, hear and do. We don't know the major picture, but we believe that he does. And so we just follow his instruction. Today, we're going to start a brand new series. And this series is entitled Fake Church. Fake Church. Uh, I would love to say that I came up with the title, but I heard it. So praise the Lord. Fake Church. Fake Church. You don't want to be a part of a fake church. You'll notice, too, on this slide, uh, I saw, I mean, just like two superhero people. There's a Superman person there and a Superwoman person there, because that's who we actually are. And the world tries to rob you of who you actually are. You are supernatural creatures. You were born of God, born again. You're not normal. You're not average. You're not run of the mill. God has something so mighty invested on the inside of you. You are meant to live a supernatural life. Supernatural life. But if the enemy can get his lies into your mind and dumb down your walk with Christ, you'll be a part of that fake church. We don't want to be a part of the fake church. Will the real church of Jesus Christ stand up? I feel like we're in the Justice League right now. Let's go to 2 Timothy. You know where we got to start. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, 2 Timothy 3. Let's look at verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 of the New Living Translation. And it reads like this. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. 
They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Verse 5 says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The Bible says that they will act religious. They will act They were trying to put on that show of pretense in front of others. It's fake. It's phony. It's not real. They try to act the part, but their life does not back up what they say. Now, as we talk about fake church, there's one thing that I can confess that I don't want to be. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to try to put on an air. I don't want to try to be something that I'm not. I just want to be the person that God made me to be. And sometimes it's goofy. <laughs> and sometimes it's serious. Hmm. But that's me. Don't want to be fake. Don't want to be disingenuous. As a matter of fact, the word fake means not genuine. It means counterfeit when you try to be like someone else you become fake why try to do that why you need to form your own style your own style you know i can wear the same looking clothes every day and it doesn't bother me whatsoever that's me I can wear the same shirt. Now, different, you know, what I wore, I can wash, but then I got to, you know, you got what I'm saying. I can have five shirts that look exactly the same, five pair of pants. I can preach in the same outfit for months. Don't bother me at all. Are you hearing? Why? Because I am not trying to impress. I want to be comfortable being who I am. Now, if you're comfortable as having 100 pair of shoes in your closet and you go, mm, then you do you. If you try to do me and just have one pair of shoes, wear that one pair of shoes every single Sunday. But I keep them shine stand. I wear the same black pants. Well, I have different color. I have different pants, you understand? These aren't the same. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem with it. But if you try to be me, you may feel very constricted. But at the same time, I can't be you. We are fake. We're trying to be something we're not. Don't you know you are special? You are unique. You are one of a kind. Celebrate that. Celebrate that. Don't want to be fake. And I think that we will be fake until we come to the point when we realize God made me and I am beautiful and I'm going to be comfortable in the skin that he gave me. 
Until then, you're always trying to measure up and be like somebody else. I've been there, done that. Are you hearing? I pray it doesn't take you a lifetime to discover that you are beautiful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't want to be disingenuous. Don't want to be a counterfeit. Want to be real. Say with me, I want to be real. I want my walk with God to be real. I don't want to be a fake. I don't want to be phony. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to walk before God in honesty and integrity. It takes too much energy to pretend to be something that you're not. Are you hearing? But in the last days, the Bible says that there will be people who will act apart, who will act religious, act like they do. But they'll deny the power that could save them. They'll deny the spirit of God. Now, there, there are subtle differences between uh, the religious crowd and those that are truly born of God. The religious crowd, they believe in salvation by their good works alone. They believe that God will hear them, will answer their prayers. They believe that they'll be able to get into heaven and even be blessed in this time now on the basis of what they have done. I've been good. I haven't went to that pornograph uh, that uh, pornographic site. I haven't cussed anybody out. So God hears me when I pray. I've went to church this week. So God is in my debt. Because I've been good. He will now answer me. They live their lives putting God in their debt. When you talk about religion, you're not just talking about someone who claims Christianity, but you go all the span of the globe and people are trying desperately whether they're knocking on doors, trying to say, hello, here's my track or, or whether they're beating themselves with some type of whip or they have something, some sort of method that they're using to make themselves right with a deity. They're trying their best to say that their works, they're hoping their works, what they are doing is good enough to get them into a paradise. Even if it's being a suicide bomber, they're doing something. The religious crowd, the whole basis of religion, the whole basis of salvation, uh, whether it's blessings now or a type of heaven later, is based on what they do. But it's unfortunate that many in the church also believe that. They claim Jesus, but they really don't believe that God will bless them in spite of them. They really don't believe that God will look beyond their faults and see their need. They really believe that they've got to live a absolute perfect life every single day in order for God to save them and to bless them. That is a worldly thought. The religious crowd believe that God will bless them and they will be saved based on their works alone. They do good, they get good. They do bad, they get bad. But those who are followers of Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, are dependent upon Jesus's work alone. 
Realizing that we cannot do enough good to make ourselves good before God. So we are dependent upon the sacrifice of Jesus. We're dependent upon the wisdom of God to send his only begotten son into this world to die upon the cross, to shed his innocent blood, to die, to go into the lower parts of the earth, to go into hell three days. And to come out from that place and be resurrected physically, bodily, and to present his own blood as our high priest before God the Father. And we believe that it is, it is that blood that was perfect and righteous that God receives. And that because of that sacrifice, that single sacrifice, that God looks at us through that blood and we are saved. Faith in Christ alone in the wisdom of God and not in the works of man. Now, both groups will work. Both groups say they believe in God. But there's only one that's pleasing to God. Because you can never do enough good to please God. It just won't happen. How much good would you need to do? How much good would it take to erase bad in your life? Think about that for a moment. How much good would it take to erase bad in your life? How much good do you, would you have to do? You told a lie. How much good you got to do to replace that lie? You slept around. How much good do you have to do to replace that? How much good is it going to take for you to earn God's favor in your life? What's the number? How many prayers can you pray? How much money can you give? What's the number? How many days do you need to go to church? What's the number to make yourself right in the sight of God, to replace that bad? You know that bad that you've done that you don't want anybody to know about? Stan know what I'm talking about. If we were to put your bad on that screen, how fast would you run? How much good can you do to replace that? You know within yourself that no amount of good can do it. It's through the shed blood of Jesus alone, his atoning sacrifice alone. Through his sacrifice, God washes your sins away from you. The Bible says that Jesus has come to take away our sins. He took them away. All away. He emptied your closet a long time ago. Come on, Nita. He emptied your closet. He says, I don't remember it anymore under this new covenant. He said, all you have to do is believe. He said, repent and believe. Repent and believe. Let's look at Mark. Mark 1. Mark 1 verse 15, just one verse. Mark 1 verse 15 says, and saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. The word gospel means what? Good news. The good news of the gospel is you don't have to pay for your sins. Jesus has already paid them for you. 
Now you have to believe, repent and believe, repent and believe, repent and believe. Another key of the fake church is that they say they believe, but there is a refusal to repent. God commands everybody to repent. And that just it's not just a one time repentance either. It's a daily repentance. And I want to get into that as we go on. Let's go to um, Acts 17, Acts 17. Turn down my stage monitors just a little bit, please. Acts 17, Acts 17, let's look at verse number 29. I want you to see this. This is when Paul is talking to, um, to these learned men there, I believe, on Mars Hill. Uh, Acts 17, verse 29 says, And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen, uh, from gold or silver or stone, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to do what? To repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a what? A day of judging the world with justice by the man uh, he has appointed. He, and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. So the Lord says he commands everyone everywhere to repent. Now, repentance is such a big thing. And again, it's not a one time event. It's something that goes on over and over and over again. I repented before I got out of here, before I came out of here came up here. Repentance goes on and on and on and on. Let me tell you what repentance is. When we look in the Greek, the word here, I translate it, repentance is metinaeo, metinaeo. And it means to change one's mind, to change one's mind for the better, heartily to amend, that is make better with abhorrence Discuss loathing, a feeling of repulsion of one's past sins. Changing of your mind. Repentance means change your mind. Say repentance means to change my mind. Would you believe, would it be hard for you to believe that many of the problems that we've encountered in life that we're going through now or have gone in, have we've gone through those because of faulty thinking? Many relationships that we got involved with because I was thinking wrong. Many decisions I made, uh, bad ones because I was thinking wrong. Would you be surprised to think that at the basis of all fear is the way you think? We worry because of the way we think. We're afraid because of the way we think. We're angry because of the way we think. So the Lord said, this is what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to realize that your thinking is flawed. It's flawed. It's messed up. I'm sorry. It's jacked up. Got some flawed, some jacked up thinking. We really do. We really do. Our thinking must be brought into alignment with the mind of God. With his supernatural mind. Really, that's repentance. When he thinks, when we think rather the way that he thinks, we will do what he does. 
When we think how he thinks, what he thinks, we will do what he does. But as long as you're thinking worldly, carnally, it's flawed. And sin will continue to abound. Sin, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Sin causes death every single time. If we think in tune with the thinking of the world system, we'll have the same fate as the world system. We'll actually rob ourselves of our superpowers. It's like Samson, all your hair get cut off. And you'd be just like everybody else. That's what sin does. Don't you realize that in our lives? When we indulge it, when we play around with it, when we do it, when we try to keep it secret. The Bible says that the, if we keep sin secret, secret, the man who keeps sin, um, sin secret, he shall not prosper. When we do these things, we, it's like taking kryptonite into us. We become just like everybody else. It robs you of your power. The closer you walk to God, the closer you walk in holiness and in righteousness before him, you find yourself growing in him. You're not doing it just to be, uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to engage in this activity. I'm not going to go and shake my hinder part somewhere in some dark room of lights to music. I'm not going to do all of that. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to do that so God will love me. I know he loves me. I'm doing that because I don't want to be robbed. You know just as well as I do. When you've engaged in sin or you let something go too long and then a challenge comes up, you feel weak to defeat it. You feel like you lost your hair. You feel just like any other man, any other natural person. Now, you're still a child of God. If you're born again, you're still saved. There's no doubt about that. You're still in favor with God, but your own conscience convicts you. You feel powerless to deal with this because you know you haven't walked the walk. You know you haven't done this or you haven't done that. And you feel powerless if you let that poison run through your system. How do, you, how do you counteract that poison? you got to repent. Confess it for what it is. What I've done wrong. Please forgive me of my sin. I turn from this and I turn, from, I turn to you. I admit the way I've been thinking is wrong. Give me your mind in this matter. Now sin is very crafty. Please hear this. Because it's very sticky. Once you put your hand on it, it's hard to get it off you. It's like you touching flypaper. You try to get off with this hand, now it's stuck on that hand. Try to get off that hand, now it's stuck on that hand. Not only is that, but it smells good too. Ooh, yeah. It's so attractive. It looks so good. I let a fish see that worm. I'm just minding my own business. Hey, look, there's a worm right there. Oh, that's dinner. 
I think I'll have a bite. And we know the end of that. It looks so attractive, but you can't see the hook on the other, on the other side of it. And you don't feel the hook until it's got you. And then what happens? There is regret, and then there's guilt, and then there is shame. All this stuff as you're reeled in, as you're reeled in, as you're reeled in. And now you're still a child of God, still a son of God, still a child of God, a daughter of the Most High God. Still the blood of Jesus covers you. You know you're born again. You know you're saved. But then somebody asks you, can you pray for me? And you say, oh, I don't know. Let me get the pastor to pray for you. I mean, can you, you lose confidence to pray until you discover again, sin is what you did, but it's not who you are. And in order to defeat that, we've got to repent. Repenting washes that out of your blood. And see, the thing about repentance is, Again, it is turning, it is realigning ourselves with the will of God, realigning ourselves with the mind of God. And to tell the truth about it, you may not know exactly what you need to repent from, except to reveal it to you. The closer you walk to God, let me tell you this, the closer you walk with him, the more you'll see things about you. The more you'll notice things about you. You know, it's like if you get dressed in the dark, you're fine. You may have on a nice clothes, you think it's fine. But then the closer you walk out into the light, you begin to notice stuff, stuff. Hey, I know I had spots and stains on this. The closer you walk to the light, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you begin to notice the spots and stains. Now, your spirit man is perfect before God, but your soul needs some work. Say, I didn't know I felt that way about you. I didn't know I felt that way about myself. I didn't know there was still so much pride in me. I didn't know I felt so selfish. The closer you walk to him, now when you see that, what do you do? You confess that. You repent. You turn from that. Because the Lord allows you to see it so that you can deal with it. Why? So that, that your cape will fly a little bit more. Are you hearing? You're supernatural people. But realize that we are still living in a fallen world that wants to convince you that you're average, that you're normal, that you're powerless. There's kryptonite everywhere around you. Everywhere on social media, kryptonite. Sometimes through friends and family, they'll say, hey, have a kryptonite cake. They'll try to serve it up to you daily. And not even know that they're doing it. But the more time you spend in God's word, you begin to refocus and recalibrate your thinking. Recalibrate your thinking. When you just hear the word of God playing, it's beginning to recalibrate your thinking. You may not notice it one moment while it's happening. You may listen to the word as you're driving down the road. Not as sermons. You can listen to sermons, yes. But when you hear just the word of God, you're playing the word. You're reading the word. It's recalibrating your thinking, recalibrating your thinking, recalibrating. You may not notice it at all. But little by little, it's recalibrating. 
And the Holy Spirit is helping you to repent. And repentance is what? Changing your mind. And you begin to see that the sin we've been involved in is beneath you. Why would I ever do that? Your mind needs to change. Your mind needs to change. Are you hearing? This is what repentance looks like when we're really turning from it as we begin to close just shortly. Let's go to James. James 4, verse uh, 7 through 10. James 4, verse 7 through 10. Remember, repentance happens daily. Not just when you give your life to the Lord on that one day, that one Sunday or whenever. It happens every single day. You're turning from something. Please remember, child of God, you must turn You must turn, turn from whatever and turn to God. We're still in a fallen world and we're still living among a lot of stuff that is very crooked. You need to get into the word. Let it play. Let it play. Just let it play. Just let it play in the background. Just let it play. Read it. Let it recalibrate. Recalibrate. I'm telling you, it will. The word of God is supernatural. But this is how repentance should look here. In James 4, verse 7, it says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Humbling ourselves, is, that's hard, except to be by the Spirit. Don't you understand how prideful we are? Can I get anybody to talk to me in here? You've been doing a certain thing a certain way for a long time, and then somebody tells you, well, hey, that's not the right way. You got to do it this way. Something's going to rise up in you, even though it is the better way. I've been doing this way for this. It's rising up within you. That's pride. We got to admit, that's pride. There's pride in us. We're worried all the time. We're fearful. We're aggravated. We're angry. We're hurt. Repentance is when we confront those things. When we confront it, when we say, God, look, it's me. It's me. It's in me. I repent. Don't you know that's humbling yourself before God? I know that in God, I mean, you are powerful in him. It hasn't been seen what you really are. But as we're living here right now in our soul, our soul needs some work. We have not arrived there. Don't you realize you could sit here now and still think about a nasty thought? Somebody could come before you. Why are you looking at me? And you saved. <laughs> Just pop right up. Pop right up. How many donuts are they going to eat? <laughs> well, I'm going to eat five today. You got a problem? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Stuff just come right up. Just come. Just come right up. Just come right up. And you've got God all in you. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. That soul needs some work. Somebody driving crazy in front of you, just go, just go off. 
Am I right about it? Yes. We got to repent. Humbling yourself is not easy. Especially when you think you know something. You think you know more than other people. Inside, sometimes you could, if, my goodness, if you could be honest, sometimes we think we're better than other people. I'm looking straight ahead. <laughs> we got to repent of that. Repent of that. Thank. Humble yourselves, be, hum, humble yourselves before God, and then you'll have the power to do what? Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Verse 8. I mean, we've got to realize we're not all that in the bag of chips. In our soul, we need some work. But we can be, we will be, when we are realigned with the Father. Spiritually, you're there. You are there. You can't get more perfect than what you are spiritually. Jesus made sure of that. But it's still some problem in our thinking. If we forsake the word, if we forsake prayer, if we forsake hearing spiritual things, we won't recalibrate. And we think just like they think. When somebody says, tells a nasty joke, we'll... <laughs> Am I saying it right? We think it's, they talk about somebody too and this and that and the other and we just go right along with it. Got to repent, got to recalibrate. Say recalibrate. recalibrate. So the Lord says again in verse 8, he says, um, this is how repentance looks again. He says um, verse 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your, divide, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You're not talking to somebody on the street corner. He's talking to those in the house of God who say, Jesus, 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 we love Jesus. He says, your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. You got that? When was the last time we cried over our sin? We felt disgust for it. Why would I think that? I rebuke that. So disgusted. While we still, eh, it's okay. When our minds are recalibrated with the mind of God, when that stuff no longer gives us pleasure, we'll find ourselves rising up, soaring, be healed. You understand? You walk on that water. You do the supernatural things that you were intended to do. But we can't say Jesus come in the front door and Satan, yeah, come on right on in the back. Sit over here in the corner. 
It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Got to make a decision. Right? So, again, as we're closing, make no mistakes about it. Sin is bad. It makes us average. It makes us saint average. It makes us sank, sank, sank. Saint. <laughs> makes us average, normal, usual, common, commonplace. Sin in your life, in our lives, makes us fake. It robs us from supernatural power, living in abundance. It robs you of your money, of your time. All this compromise, trying to get something that you cannot possibly attain, getting it that way. We got to stop swiping the devil's credit card. You know, the devil's credit card. I'll get it now. Yes. And you got it all right. But the bill comes due. And always comes due with guilt, shame, regret. And now you think, everybody see me. I can't go to church today because everybody's going to know what I did. And all this other false stuff. We don't have any time to be fake. We got to have our minds renewed in the word of God. And if we refuse to repent, that's automatically saying that you received the world's doctrine, the world's word, their teaching. Automatically. So, saints, that's what I want to say today. There's, we can go a whole lot further. We just started. Just started. We got to repent. I don't mind leading the charge of repentance. You can put it on the Facebook if you want to. Pastor repents in church. And pastor going to repent when he go home too. And pastor going to repent when he goes to pray too. I intend to continue to repent until my mind is formed to look just like Jesus. I think like him. I talk like him. I walk like him. I act like him. And a refusal to repent says, I'm okay where I am. And you know what? I don't think I'm okay the way I am. I think there's more. And I want that more. I don't want to be average, normal, usual, common. And I sure enough don't want to be fake. I resist that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So you put on your Facebook today. My pastor repented in church today. He sure did. He sure did. I ain't afraid to say it. And I hope that you will, too. I pray that we all repent and believe the gospel. I pray that we all will let go of false humility it's pride and selfishness and arrogance, everything that keeps us from becoming all that he called us to be. And that we will all finally soar and be all who God called us to be. Let's pray. Father, 
Lord God, we come before you this morning in repentance. We've been thinking wrong things. And Lord, if you don't mind me saying, we've been thinking really jacked up things. Really have. We realize that all, we realize that not every thought we have comes from us, but much of it does. We thought wrong about ourselves, wrong about other people. We thought wrong about you. We've taken you for granted. We've not given you the honor and the praise that you deserve. We put television shows and social media and everything else apart from you. We've given everything else and everybody else the time that was due you. We've lied, we've stolen, we've cheated, we've lusted. We've not been the people that we should have been. We've not acted as we should have. So we repent and we recognize our need for you because only you can get this off of us and out of us. You said in your word, if we confess our sins before you, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Lord, we make confession now. We repent of all the darkness. We repent of all these terrible thoughts. Even calling ourselves less than nothing, calling ourselves foolish and calling ourselves all these terrible things, these terrible things that you don't think about us. We repent of agreeing with the devil. We've agreed with Satan on many things. We repent. We're not weak. We're not sickly. And we shall not die prematurely. We want to agree with you in all things. So would you help us? We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Would you help us? We, we ask you today to help us to repent to continue to repent, to continue to turn until we look like you. We thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers and for taking these things away from us and giving us a new fervor to seek you and to love you. We do love you, Lord, so much. We do love you. We do love you. Our hope is in you. It's in Christ alone because only you can save us. We thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers today. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes. And we don't want to be fake. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. See you again on next week. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.